Well, hi, everyone. This is Lori Rubenstein, the forgiveness teacher. So the premise is, with practice, you can steadily build your forgiveness muscles and live your life in a state of peace and acceptance of all that is and all that comes your way. I think it was just yesterday my friend Carol sent me a link to this YouTube video that was showing the serial killer. I mean, this guy killed like 70 women. I mean, it's just sort of crazy. And one of the fathers of the girls that he killed got up after all these other people, you know, got up and they were telling him what a monster he is and how much they hated him and how he rots in hell and, you know, that kind of thing. And this older guy got up and started talking about forgiveness. And the guy who was like stone cold, like, you know, you didn't see any emotion from him at all, when the guy started talking about forgiveness, he got a tear in his eyes, his lips started quivering, and he had to, you know, like look down and wipe his eye. And to me, in that one-minute video, which, you know, just pull it up and look at it as you're listening, it's fine. That one-minute video says so much about, like, healing the world, you know, that whole idea of forgiveness healing the world. So I've always talked about forgiveness as being for you, you know, that it's something that you do for you. But you can see that, like, okay, that guy, the father of that girl, had to forgive for himself. But, like, if you can even touch this cold-blooded, serial killer, murderer, horrible guy, you know, here... If that can touch him, I just get that forgiveness can do anything and that we really need to be in a place where we're really expecting miracles because they're there. So tonight we're going to be talking about the four-step process of forgiveness. And, you know, in the past, when I used to do forgiveness with people, I had this, like, very long, complicated 26-step process. And while I was working on this book, I asked for the forgiveness Masters, you know, the Ascended Masters who work with forgiveness to please come in and help me on the book. And I really did feel that energy. And from that place, I came up with this idea of four-step living with forgiveness process. Well, I didn't come up with it. They gave it to me pretty much. So if you already read the book, you probably already have this down. But it's always, always, always a good reinforcement to get this. So I will go through the steps right now. Step number one is acceptance or acknowledgement. And I'm going to give you some helpful concepts here when you think about, like, well, what is acceptance? What do I really need to accept? So I'm going to give you five concepts, actually, right here. So number one is that all human beings are not necessarily perfect human beings. You know, they're not perfection beings. They're human beings. And we're here on Earth to learn our lessons, and that means that we make mistakes, all of us. And sometimes, hopefully most of the time, we even learn from them, right? Number two is that the truth sets you free. Pretending that life is different than it is makes it impossible to grow and change. And true growth really comes from acknowledging that sometimes it's really difficult to face the truth of a situation. Number three is that nobody wants to be known their whole life for the mistakes that they've made. But what they really want to be known for are the gifts that they bring to the world. 
So, you know, we need to watch how we hold others to certain levels. Number four is having compassion for the situation and the people involved. That's why I wanted you to first look at that video because, you know, the whole idea of, like, everybody screaming at this guy, he felt nothing, he didn't feel anything. But forgiveness, he felt. And then number five is staying open to more flexible thinking. You know, the truth may hurt, and yet everyone has their perspectives and their reasons for their peace and what happened in that particular situation. So staying open to seeing things differently and seeing the truth differently, you know, knowing that the truth is really always somewhere in the middle between everybody's perspectives, right? So here's what I know. And that is that sometimes just holding the space for somebody else to process their truth is a really great gift. Number two is personal responsibility. And here I have two main themes. And this is where I think people get sort of caught up in this part because they'll go to like shame and guilt, you know, when we're talking about personal responsibility, feeling so bad about something. Or they'll be like, I didn't ask for this, you know, duh, it's not my fault. So there's two themes here, and one is that you created the situation. It could be that you created this as just, you know, a person in this lifetime, you chose this. It could be in your life contract or your plan, you know, something that you planned to have happen to you in this lifetime for your own personal soul's growth during this lifetime. It could be a karmic reaction to a past life issue. So let's say we're going to take like the issues of abuse or rape, divorce, any of those things. Here's some questions to ask yourself. Did you choose this mate? Did you not leave when red flags showed up initially? Did you fall in love with someone's potential? Did you at some point not listen to your own intuition? Did you have past incarnations with that person that left issues open to be resolved? Did you, by any chance, create an environment that was ripe for this to happen? Did you set appropriate boundaries? Did you have issues with your parents or an ex that needed to be resolved and healed that weren't resolved and healed? Now, I want to make it clear here that I'm not talking about the idea of blaming the victim. I'm talking about taking personal responsibility for your actions. And the reason that's so important is because if you take responsibility for your part and not be all about blaming the other person, then you're actually moving away from that energy of being a victim. You're moving away from the victim role. As long as you're pointing your finger at someone else and blaming them for what happened to you, you stay a victim. And what happens when you stay a victim is that you just can't heal and grow. It ends up being as simple as that. The second category under personal responsibility is the shit happens category. Excuse my language if I offended somebody. But it could be that something happened that really wasn't planned for, like it wasn't part of your karmic plan or your contract, you know, it was just something went awry and someone did something that you truly did not have the slightest control over. So this is one of those categories where perhaps childhood abuse falls here or certain car accidents or being just at the wrong place at the wrong time, that could fall in this category. It also could actually fall in the other category. So, you know, we would just have to explore that issue and see where it fell in for you. 
It also, and I want to throw this out here, is that something really awful happening to you might have set you up so that you're particularly independent in your lifetime or you're a healer of others or you might have a child someday who goes through the issue and needs you as their parent to help them through it. You might even have planned, like let's say in the instance of childhood abuse, you might have planned on growing up to be somebody who worked in the system as a district attorney, CASA worker, or CPS worker, something like that. So we don't always see right at the time why what happens to us happens, but I'm asking you to be open to see it in the long run. Step three are the gifts or the lessons. So this is where I think a lot of people's ahas come into place. There is this great benefit for everybody around the issue of forgiveness. And that benefit is courage. You know, the reality is it takes a very brave person to forgive. And a really fabulous gift of that is that you change your, and I'm like in my quoting story, quote, from that of a victim to that of a victor. And, you know, your self-esteem arises when you know that you can be hurt and you can recover. So when you can let go, like let's say of your own guilt and shame, and do something meaningful with it rather than wallow in it, that in and of itself is an amazing gift to you. So one of the things that you can do to discover unrealized lessons is you can ask, what was the purpose of this situation for me? What do I know now that I didn't know before? And you can also even ask the question, how have I changed as a result of this situation? Aha, that's the magic. That is the magic in understanding and learning our gifts. Okay, so the final step in this process is step four, and that is the gratitude step. And because, as I explained earlier, this is a muscle-building exercise, we need to stay in the place of gratitude so that all the gifts and the lessons that life brings our way are accepted and received. Let's use a little example of somebody cutting you off in traffic. Do you get mad or can you find peace in the situation? You know, you can choose to say, you jerk, you know, you idiot, why did you do this? Or you can say, wow, that person really wasn't paying attention. I better start paying more attention to make sure nobody hurts me while I'm driving. You know, there's different ways of looking at it, right? Some of you might be like rolling your eyes saying, oh, that's a really hard one. But it's that practicing every day, staying in gratitude, having a positive attitude. It's practicing seeing the good that comes your way and knowing, again, that everything that happens happens for a reason and we want to act in our life as though that is, in fact, the truth. So when we do live in gratitude, you know, what happens is our walls come down and we really allow the space for what we want in our life to come in. And that is what love is all about. You know, for me, what I learned in my book and talking to others about forgiveness is that every single person who forgave, like all the stories in the book, for example, when they forgave, they found what they almost everybody calls a blessing in the situation. And they learned that when they changed their focus from like hurt, sad, anger, retaliation to gratefulness, they started living their life and feeling lighter and more peace and more joy. So 
from myself and from everybody else's experience that I've talked to, I can really see that we all have the ability to turn these hardships or tragedies into blessings. And I know that if you follow these four steps and you really work on building your forgiveness muscles, no matter what you've been through, you can also live a joyous life. That is the end of the sort of lectury part of this. I just want people to know that if you're on the newsletter list, you're getting the information I know about the Oregon retreats that are coming up. There's a book signing. There's a wellness through stress management class I'll be teaching up there. And then the Peaceful Playful Heart Retreat will be up there on August 17th. So, you know, just look for that. And if you don't have information, just feel free to write to me and I'll forward it on to you. And, of course, you can get all this information on www.lauriereubenstein.com or on the Forgiveness Heal Your Past Facebook page. So I hope you enjoyed these forgiveness teachings. This is Lori Rubenstein, and for more information, you may go to www.lauriereubenstein.com or for more information on the topic of forgiveness, please purchase the book, Forgiveness, colon, Heal Your Past and Find the Peace You Deserve.